It doesn't matter if you love craps, blackjack, machines, or dining on the finest Asian, American, and Salish cuisines. It doesn't matter what you do or where you're coming from. Muckleshoot. What you do is all at Muckleshoot. An easy drive from wherever you are. All roads lead to Muckleshoot. Horse Racing Northwest, February 2024 from Emerald Downs. Joe Withy and Vince Brune. And guests today on this edition of Horse Racing Northwest as it's a football weekend and we're only two weeks away from horses on the track on the grounds at Emerald Downs. Vince, uh, eh, time marches on. It does. In fact, uh, you and I took a little walk around back there today and it felt like spring out. And as you mentioned, two weeks from today, the 26th of February, horses allowed back on the grounds and then... uh, 23rd. 23rd. Two I'm weeks sorry. from today. Two weeks from today. And then I meant to say February 26th, Monday the 26th, horses begin training uh, for the 2024 season. We've announced before 55 days of racing beginning Saturday, May 4th, which also coincides with the 150th running of mm. the Kentucky Derby. Yeah. May 4th, opening day at Emerald Downs. Quarter Shoot Cafe will be open on Monday the 26th. And we are going to miss as so many people in the industry are joe and sally steiners operators of the quarter shoot cafe since well just before june 20th 1996 they have operated every year and uh they're going to step down this year and uh nobody begrudges them anything they had a nice anniversary party last fall after the meeting and made the decision it was going to happen one of these years but uh what a run for Emerald Downs and Washington Racing, the Steiners operating the quarter shoot, Vince. Yeah, uh, I'm happy that Joe and Sally will get uh, some retirement, but very sad not to get a, I mean, talk about part of the fabric of the racetrack oh. and just Joe's a great guy. But Sally's just her, you know, her overall just happiness and demeanor and the way she dealt with the horse people and the people who would, public who would come out. Uh, yeah, it's a, but it's sad, but I'm sure they'll be around visiting too. So I, I certainly hope so. You know, we don't want them too far from this game. What great people and their whole family. Uh, oh boy. Yeah. Kelly and Carrie, uh, worked for them, you know, the last couple of years full time in there. And, uh, Sheila Steiner, their Joe's sister, uh, it was kind of a great family affair and so many people benefited. Sally, the second mother to so many people yeah. in the racing industry, just a real beloved person. So yeah, uh, but we will be open on Monday, February 26th. Uh, it doesn't look like Monday's going to be a regular day being open, but that's the first day of training and we're getting ready to uh, get ready for opening day of training at Emerald Downs for another season. Uh, the stake schedule was released this week by you to all your media outlets, and uh, that's been approved. So uh, looking forward to, you know, Emerald Downs has really had uh, a great stakes program over the years comparatively to West Coast tracks, uh, and looks like similar schedule this year. Very similar, yeah, Joe. 21 stakes, 21 thoroughbred stakes, two quarter horse stakes, uh, $1.15 million in purses. Uh, again, we'll begin with... Uh, Seattle Stakes for three-year-old fillies uh, on Saturday, June 15th. One little difference this year, we do have five Saturday stakes. Mm. And uh, so that weekend, uh, the Saturday the 15th, the Seattle for three-year-old fillies. Then Sunday the 16th, the Auburn uh, for three-year-old colts and geldings. The first race for older horses, uh, once again, is the Budweiser Stakes. Three and up going six furlongs on uh, Sunday, June 23rd. And that, of course, will lead into the 89th running of the $150,000 Long Acres Mile. That's part of Championship Sunday. 
on uh, Sunday, August 11th. That features the mile. And then three stakes at a mile and a 16th. The Distaff for Phillies and Mares. The Derby for three-year-olds. And, of course, the Washington Oaks for three-year-old Phillies. And then uh, we go all the way to the Washington Cup on the last couple of weekends. And triple header on closing day, the Muckleshoot Tribal Classic. The Washington Cup Philly and Mare Stakes, and then the 84th running of the Gottstein Futurity for two year olds, slight distance change. I believe it's distance change, a mile and 70 yards. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, pretty similar to last year. Yeah, we've never run a mile and 70 yards for two year olds. We've had 27 Gottsteins at a mile and a 16th in 28 years. One year it was run at a mile. So, okay. Uh, that's a slight change there. Okay, the stake schedule is out. You can go to emeralddowns.com for that. You can also listen at listen to Horse Racing Northwest at emeralddowns.com. Go to uh, news and then under TV and radio. It'll be right there um, as we are here at the track on Friday afternoon. As Vince mentioned, horses on the grounds February 23rd, two weeks from today, and then Monday, February 26th. Horses begin training. But on the 24th, Saturday, it's the Gala WTBOA Annual Awards Banquet here at Emerald Downs. You can get tickets from the WTBOA by calling 253-288-7878. That's 288-7878. Or, of course, you can stop by the offices of the WTBOA, which is right here on Ron Crockett Drive, just north of Emerald Downs Grandstand Building. So that'll be a Saturday evening function, and, you know, it's a fun time. Vince and I host, and a lot of videos, a lot of pictures. Um, the horse awards are the main thing, of course, but there's all types of people awards, yeah. too. It really is a fun night, Joe. Yep. Uh, it's a celebration of the industry and, and people who breed and own and race the uh, good Washington breads uh, over the years. It's always uh, a lot of fun. I know you and I always enjoy uh, participating in it. Uh, little development last year was john parker we they auction off the head table every year for a pretty goodly sum you get really prime service up there i think a little champagne's involved and all kinds of goodies uh but he was outbid last yeah. year joe yeah debbie and rick pabst uh, bought the the big table right up front uh, with excellent service uh, their own special menu and wines and desserts and so forth so uh, i'm sure john will be there and uh, looking forward to seeing him and everybody else at the Breeders' Banquet. And speaking of some successful Washington breeders, Nina Hagen's going to join us in just a few minutes here on Horse Racing Northwest. Nina and Ron Hagen have opened or operated El Dorado Farms up in Enumclaw for decades, and they have uh, realized uh, some success. Uh, let's give away one of the awards coming up on the 24th. Ron and Nina Hagen leading Washington breeders for 2023, as they were in 2022 and a few times prior to that. So congratulations to the Hagens. And of course, they stay on Coast Guard. And Barclay's going to have his first two-year-olds this year. And Nina will be excited to talk about those runners. You know, we've heard some... We've heard some good uh, whispers about these Barclays being runners. So that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And I I'm almost positive he had the sales topper last year, didn't he? You know, I, I think I, he did. I want to say yes, and I yeah, not sure on memory that, is but he, gone. He had one for fifty six thousand or so. I think that was the topper. But Nina will fill us in. Nina's had she's had some pretty serious health issues the last couple of years, but she's she's doing good. She's optimistic as heck as usual. Roy Brewer is also going to join us. Roy, uh, he got into thoroughbred breeding and a uh, big fan of the sport uh was a fireman in the area for a lot of years and got to know carl craig up on whidbey island uh through some co-interest in breeding horses and boy they they became good friends and of course carl craig who left us a few years ago bred the two-time washing or two-time emerald downs horse of the meeting slews tiz whiz and so many other Washington bred successes. You bet. And look forward to talking to uh, Roy and you and I have talked. Wouldn't it be neat that come August 11th this year, if Slew's uh, Tiz Wiz and Five Star General, winners of the last two respective Long Acres Mile, 
would kind of have a showdown in 2024. That would be great. That would be fantastic. Roy is part owner of Slew's Tiz Wiz. Uh, as Darlene Craig, Carl's widow, of course, was owner when he won the mile in 2022. And then uh, the Griffins, the Wenzels, and the Brewers took over ownership in 2023. He had another great year. Horse of the meeting at Emerald Downs, third in the mile, won the Governors, won the Washington Cup uh Muckleshoot Tribal Classic. So Nina Hagen, Roy Brewer joining us on the show today. Um, and uh, the we'll talk about the Santa Anita Big Cap on our next podcast. That's not too far off. Um, the Kentucky Derby Future Wager continues next weekend, February 16th through the 18th, Friday through Sunday, February 16th through the 18th. That'll be pool number four. And of course, fierceness the big breeders cup juvenile winner uh he was beaten pretty soundly there in his first start at age three yeah and then uh the horse that's kind of the top uh three-year-old in the nation right now is ineligible yeah. for the kentucky derby and we're talking about misos who was uh huge in uh was at the lewis stakes and uh Bob baffert training boy and uh when he leveled off turning for home you're not sure the competition there, but you know the buyers and all that were. I think he got a 105, and uh, so that's kind of uh, throws a monkey wrench into the Triple Crown this year. Yep, and May 4th, of course, Kentucky Derby Saturday, opening day at Emerald Downs. Uh, we're going to be doing those retired racehorse stories again, as you see. We air those before the first race at Emerald Downs. We might have a little different placement for those this year as well. They're also on our YouTube channel. We've had help from so many horse people on these second careers of horses off the track, and we're going to continue to do that. Those are a, a lot of fun to do and just so much love for the thoroughbred, and, and they do have some very productive and happy second lives after racing here at Emerald Downs or elsewhere. Okay, and uh, let's see. We did talk about Zabra Cadabra being the leading Washington bred earner for 2023. The son of Harbor the Gold began his career here as a two-year-old, ran second to race home in a pretty good maiden special weight race early September. Race home came off that and won the Gottstein. Zabra Cadabra uh, went back east, and he had a big year at Laurel. He won three times at Laurel last year. All allowances, only ran in one state, came in fourth, but uh, he led all Washington breads with 160000 last year, bred and owned by Frank Sample. And yeah. you, you know, in the for the 2024 media guide, I was just updating the page of the top 100 Washington bread earners of all time, and Zabra Cadabra with a big jump to number 40 of okay. all time wow. last year. Yeah. yeah. Because he was fourth the year before in, uh, in Washington. In year of earnings. earnings, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, so we've got a couple of guests. We're going to uh, do a memorial for a couple of industry people who left us as well. We'll have our sports shorts, uh, maybe a little Super Bowl talk, uh, selection, and trivia. We're coming up with Nina Hagen as our guest after a short break here on Horse Racing Northwest. It doesn't matter if you love craps, blackjack, machines, or dining on the finest Asian, American, and Salish cuisines. It doesn't matter what you do or where you're coming from. Muckleshoot. What you do is all at Muckleshoot. An easy drive from wherever you are. All roads lead to Muckleshoot. Muckleshoot. And Asina and Tyler Bays have opened up on them as they move to the 16th marker, and she has a yawning advantage. And then to the inside, keep me in the moment. Off-ramp coming on for a minor piece from between, and then pistol, it's Asina by six. That was Asina winning a very nice pot at Oaklawn Park last March. Asina by Coast Guard out of the excellent damn market formula, a El Dorado bred mare who was high on the Washington earnings list last year. She finished fourth from just five starts, a couple of great wins in the Midwest, Asina by Coast Guard, who is the star in Enumclaw, 
at Ron and Nina Hagen's El Dorado Farms. And Nina Hagen joining us here on Horse Racing Northwest. Nina, welcome and Happy New Year. Well, Happy New Year to you. It's kind of been a, a bumpy New Year here. <laughs> yeah. But we're, we're rolling right along. I've got the best crew in the world. So blessed with these guys. Yeah. And we haven't stepped any any steps backwards. We're just going forward with everything, and we're very, very excited. You know, Nina, you and Ron, uh, congratulations. You're leading Washington breeders for 2023, as you were for 2022, and several times before that. Uh, you've got a great operation up there, and uh, you've won the SJ Agnew Award, the highest award that the Washington Thoroughbred Breeding Industry offers and you got a nice healthy dog to to take care of and you've had some <laughs> physical issues the last two three years and i know you're working hard on it you sound great so that's a starting point for us thank you very much it's just a bump in the road and um we're going forward i'm just blessed for the guys that i have working uh here ron and then there's mike rubin andrew gina terry you couldn't ask for any better friends and people just to have your back and the breeding and foaling is all covered i'm just going to be madam secretary this year <laughs> well you have put in so many years of hard work i've seen you handle those studs and let's face it you're not you know five foot ten or anything but uh you don't back down from any thoroughbred horse and they get to respect you right away because they know that you care about them and that you yeah. want them to do their job and uh, it's been a great operation up there. And, and yeah, you've got a fantastic crew. That means yeah. so much. And this is the busiest time of year, isn't it? Breeding and foaling. It is. We're just gearing up. As a matter of fact, we're going to be breeding uh, Jasmine's Melody this afternoon to Coast Guard, who is the dam of You Go Girl and Coastal Jazz. And they both. What better stallion for him or for yeah. her. Coast Guard, his name's going to come up a few times. Jasmine's Melody had a very successful race, racing career, and uh, Nina just mentioned a couple of very good winners that she's already produced. Um, and uh, Market Formula is a dam that uh, you guys got, and Marcula, Asina have both been very good runners out of Market Formula, both by Coast Guard, and you got a two-year-old this year, and his name, it looks like it came through, West Coast Bull. And mm -hmm. I know connections are pretty high on him. You guys are part owner, along with Steve Bullock and David Israel and, and myself. I'm in on West Coast Bull as well. I'm looking forward to this year, Nina. Good, you should, because they, <laughs> these guys look fantastic. Yeah, you guys uh, do it all up there, studs. And now it's Coast Guard and Barkley. And, <laughs> of course, Foaling. Uh, boy, you we we followed you around uh, about 12 15 years ago now uh we were there all night our our cameraman was there and we we got that that was a, a great deal a live birth right in, after 1 a.m on a winter morning <laughs> but uh so you are you know you're dealing with some health issues but uh again you sound good and and Thanks. with your help and your staff and the experience there uh as you said the farm isn't going to miss a beat no, they have not fitness to beat. They just picked it up and they're going with it. <laughs> yeah, busiest time of year, foaling and breeding. Yeah, Nina, right. uh, Vince here, a couple questions about your hey, stallions. Um, Coast Guard has proven to be pretty darn solid here in Washington. I remember we when we went up there when you had the show, and he's a handsome stallion and he yeah. finished a nice third at 19 to 1 in the 2008 Santa Anita Derby. I was wondering mm -hmm. how you guys acquired him and, and saw he's by Stormy Atlantic, what you saw in him to, mm -hmm. as a potential stallion. Well, and he's got a great temperament, great mind. And I'll, all of his babies, I'm going to say, they're the same way. And mm -hmm. he's just so easy to handle. Uh, how we got him was a veterinarian. had We had done business with her. And she really liked how we handled the stallions, the mares, and the babies. And she had Coast Guard in training in California and asked if we were interested in standing him. Absolutely. <laughs> and he's just, his temperament, when he got up here, that's, I can't say enough about him. Because some of the Stormy Atlantics could be a little uh, temperament-wise. Stormcat. And he was good. Yeah. 
Well, that's great. You know, he was second among races won at Emerald Downs last year, Harbor the Gold 18, Coast Guard 16. You've had several sires at El Dorado who have led the Emerald Downs uh, winners list in an annual basis. Basket Weave was leading sire twice here, Cahill Road, Tribunal. Oh, Cahill, yeah. Yeah, Tribunal <laughs> twice, and Abrage. They've all been leading sires at one of our meetings. And uh, now it's Coast Guard and Barkley. And uh, <laughs> Coast Guard, just before we get off him, he had the fourth leading earner last year among Washington breads, Asina. And then he had Freightline, who's up for possible two-year-old honors from 2023. Freightline won the WTBOA Lads, won two out of four. He's out of Night Raider, who we <laughs> mentioned earlier has produced six winners from seven starters. And she was a state champion that Nina was part of that Fab mm -hmm. Five ownership group. Nina, that was <laughs> yeah. that was a fun two-year-old year with Night Raider, wasn't it? Yes, it was. That was exciting. Yep. And it was a, 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 exciting for the ladies. We yep. just had so much fun that year. Well, yeah, she just won four in a row there, uh, did Night Raider, including three stakes. Uh, and then Coastal Jazz is in the top 15, another son of Coast Guard. He won three really nice races here last year. So Coast Guard... Um, and, you know, we've had some defections through uh, longevity and uh, passings. Harbor the Gold's gone. Um, Conveyance passed away. He'll have his first Washington Breads this year. And uh, Abraj, of course, passed away a few years ago. Nationhood okay. passed away. So Coast Guard is kind of like the man among living Washington sires right now. And he's been holding his ground really well. And He's got a, a stud mate up there now by the name of Barkley, who is one of the most <laughs> popular and accomplished horses in Emerald Downs history, a Long Acres Mile winner. And you got Barkley two-year-olds this year, Nina. You know, how long can you hold your breath till <laughs> his first babies run? We're turning all shades of blue right now because we're so excited for this. And his, oh, I can't say enough about his temperament. His baby's the same way. Oh, my gosh. Everything is so good. He's solid. Coast Guard's solid. These guys, you can't ask for better stallions, and they're so easy to be around. And that's great. You know, he. Uh, I know Vicki Potter, who runs the Rising Star Stables, the owners of Barkley, they campaigned him, and uh, uh, they... I think they made a great decision. You know, Barkley is a son of Munnings. Barkley was an outstanding racehorse. Munnings been a sire of sires. Munnings been a versatile yeah. sire with sprinters, routers, grass, synthetic, dirt. And uh, I think Barkley's going to be a huge addition to this state. And I know you're pretty optimistic. Oh, we're so excited with him. Vic, Vicky had, uh, Vicky actually is the manager of Rising Star Stable. Yeah. And she came to the stallion show. They've, they've always supported us. And they asked us at that last stallion showcase uh, if we would take Barkley and stand him. And uh, because they had purchased yearlings from us and visited the farm, you know, many times. And you didn't have to think twice on that one for sure. That is great. Yeah. And, you know, Nina sent me, we did a retired racehorse story on Barkley in 2022, and you <laughs> sent me those five pictures of of his yearling or weanlings that year, <laughs> and they all had the big white face. It was yeah. pretty cool oh. looking. So he's stamping them pretty well also, isn't he? He is, and he's also with the paint uh, registry too. Okay. <laughs> you can register his baby's uh, paint. <laughs> yeah, it, I, I, first of all, I love Munnings, like Joe said, anything oh, by yeah. him. And he was, in addition to the white face, he, he had kind of a distinctive look to him, you know, uh, Barkley, the way it was put together. And it just seemed like a, a perfect horse for a mile, which was, you know, perfect for Emerald Downs. So he really looks like his progeny in terms of style are just going to be right at home here. Well, like I said, we're turning all shades of blue here because we can hardly wait. <laughs> yeah. And he's just so easy to be around. I think they're going to be very, very easy to train. They're going to be willing. They're just going to want to learn and learn and learn. And you've got really good response. Of course, he, he started breed. If he has two-year-olds this year, that means he was breeding them in oh, 2021. Yeah. You got great response right off the bat from him. And again, this year? Oh, this year for sure. Yeah, he's he, he's just booking right along. 
That's I mean, a- I'm trying to keep up with the pa- paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent. So Barkley is uh, popular already. And again, yeah. two-year-olds this year on the track. And Coast Guard uh, is well-established, had an outstanding year. Coast Guard had uh, the leading Washington bread earner in his second crop, so lucky, who was a state <laughs> champion. So right. he got yep. off to a great start. And um, so, boy. And we thank everyone that has supported us, too, with all of this. And we can't say enough about the clients because they believe, too. Well, they just, uh, people see your enthusiasm over the years and your energy and your spirit to, to get the job oh, done and do it right. Uh, and, you yeah. know, I've gotten to know your husband, Ron, a little bit better the last couple of years. Man, he, he's been around the block. He <laughs> he knows horses inside out. Uh, he's a horse whisperer. Uh, he's the strong, silent type. He's not the kind of guy that's yeah. going to slap you in the back after a big win, but... He's no, happy. Yeah, he's very, very he, humble about you, this. You know what he told me a couple of weeks ago? He goes, oh. you know, yeah, <laughs> my dad kind of made me start riding at the age of seven. He goes, I've probably fallen off a horse a thousand times in my life, which is. They, what they did, there are so many stories. I mean, they had, they had horses jumping in the back of the pickups. So they went to all these horse shows and auctions even. I mean, there yeah. are so many stories to that. And the same thing with the stallions. There's so many stories that could be told. We just yeah. don't have enough time. Well, but <laughs> I'm glad I, you keep those in your memory bank because we'll try and get those out over the years. <laughs> but uh, You should write a book. <laughs> a, a lot of work to be done for uh, El Dorado Farms as it is uh, foaling season's coming up and, of course, yeah. breeding season with Coast Guard and Barkley and uh yeah, a big we're year. ready. We're ready. Big year for Coast Guard, and and uh, so you're you're uh, you're there. We saw you outside a couple weeks ago, and uh, you know I I just oh, yeah. I just keep saying you sound good. How do you feel? You know I, I'm not make, backing down at all. We're going forward with this, and um, I tell horsemen are just plain tough. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> we're a tough breed that way. And you just keep going forward. You're, you don't want sympathy. You don't want any. You just keep going forward. That's what it's all about. And you, you love the love that you have for these animals. And I don't care if it's a kitty, chicken, whatever. You just can't say enough about them. And they trust you. You respect them. They respect you. You know how I know that's true, Vince? I know. Because they got the coolest chickens I've ever seen down they there. They got Elder chicken. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The coolest chickens, hens, roosters. They're walking all around. Yeah. And they got this big old friendly cat that's right. I love the cat, the cat too, gets, yeah. The cat gets along with the chickens. That's how. Yeah, that's, and the horses. <laughs> that's how much they all love everybody up there. Okay. Well, Nina, it's great to hear your voice. And congratulations on being leading Washington breeders for the second consecutive year. And uh, so much to look forward to. We really wish you the best in your in your health battles. So uh, just be fine. It'll be fine. And I could there's no way to do this without your guys, without your crew. Well, you you this is not one person. It takes an army. And here we are. That's great. We're Uh, the cowboys. We're going forward. All right. (laughs) Nina. Take care and uh, Thanks, guys. have a great year. Take Nina. care too. Best of luck. Nina, Nina Hagen joining us on Horse Racing Northwest. Uh, just a ton of energy. And, uh, you know, I know she's she's had some serious issues, but uh, uh, had a couple appointments yesterday, but came out of those and is accepting what uh, her prognosis well, is. Well, you know, the old saying that, you know, a serious illness, that a good attitude can overcome a lot of it. I've I've seen evidence of that over the years, and you can you can hear it in her. Just uh, the optimism there, and like you mentioned, the voice sounds great, and uh, I'm fully confident Nina will be around the racetrack this year. That's great. You know, just think of how fired up she would have been talking if the Seahawks were in the Super Bowl this year. Oh my goodness! She's, yeah, she's they got, got the this, Big Twelve flag out this there. This is Seahawk country. You yeah. pull up there. <laughs> Yeah, she she she'd have been hard to. But you to know, hold. Joe, we're so lucky to have some great breeders oh, in this state. Yeah. You know, with El Dorado and Blue Ribbon, and uh, you know the Griffins and yeah. so many other places. The Paps, yeah. Okay, we're going to take a timeout. We're going to come back with Roy, Roy Brewer. He is the proud and happy owner of two-time Emerald Downs Horse of the Meeting Slews Tiz Wiz, who will be up for more honors 
at the WTBOA Annual Awards Banquet uh, two weeks from tomorrow, Saturday, February 24th. We'll be right back on HRNW. It doesn't matter if you love crafts, blackjack, machines, or dining on the finest Asian, American, and Salish cuisines. It doesn't matter what you do or where you're coming from. What you do is all at Muckleshoot. An easy drive from wherever you are. All roads lead to Muckleshoot. Muckleshoot. As they arrive at the top of the stretch, and it's Bridal up to the bar, who's the target? As it zestfuls on the outside, up in a second, smiling goodbye towards the inside, and slews, tis, whiz, winding up from the back. One furlong to go. Bridal up to the bar, and slews, tis, whiz, surging late on the outside, 16th to go, and it slews, tis, whiz, with a powerhouse performance, taking the governor's stakes. Slews, tis, whiz, winning the governors at Emerald Downs with that powerful late move uh, outrunning bridal up to the bar who had taken him earlier at the meeting but uh slews tis whiz won the mile of course in 22 2022 was emerald downs horse of the meeting that year washington horse of the year and he was a double stakes winner at emerald downs last year another horse of the meeting title washington bred from carl and darlene craig and uh darlene uh, was probably happy to pass the horse on to good friends Tammy and Roy Brewer, the Griffins, Terry and Mary Lou Griffin, and Tom and Melissa Wenzel, and they had another successful season, very successful. Horse of the meeting, and here joining us is Roy Brewer, part owner of Slew's Tiz Wiz and a member of the executive board of the WTBOA. Roy, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Roy, Good to have you on. Roy Roy isn't a real hauler guy either, but boy, he loves racing and he got into breeding uh, a lot deeper than a lot of other people on theory and research. And And uh, you've told the story before, but uh, you and Carl Craig bonded pretty well with your, uh, your interest in thoroughbred breeding back around 2000 or so. And he became a good friend, didn't he, Roy? Yes, he did. Very good friend. Uh, miss him dearly. Yeah. And uh, now you are part owner of Sluice Tiz Wiz, who you were rooting so well. It was an emotional 2022. Carl had passed away a couple years previous. And, of course, he was the breeder of Sluice Tiz Wiz, who went on to win the mile, the ultimate in Washington racing. And, Vince, you can say, you know, you do the stats, too, that, Carl Craig's uh, production was stakes winners was amazing. Uh, yeah, he was right up there in for earnings per start, stakes wins per start, right in the top two or three every year. Just uh, an amazing run and a great guy, as as Roy mentioned. And sluiced his whiz, for example, the last two years. And then remember, this is a horse that has to come from behind, so you're not always getting the perfect trip. 11 starts with five wins, two seconds, two thirds, over 225,000 in earnings. Uh, he has been not just a great horse, but a very entertaining horse the yes. last couple of years. And Roy, how do you guys feel coming into his six-year-old season? Um, I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, we're probably going to follow, you know, the, pretty much the same plan um, that we did last year. We had a little bit of a setback at the beginning of last year, so he didn't get off. You know, we didn't get the chance to run the allowance race before the text or the stakes races um, that schedule started. But uh, this year, I think we're going to be a little ahead of that. So, uh, the place he's at a place just uh, outside of Oak Harbor there by Wildwood Farms, and um, uh, a gal named Jody's taking care of him, and she's been kind of legging him up, um, and he'll be ready to go. We'll get him to the track on the twenty fourth. Um, so he'll be there the first day of training, and and uh, hopefully we'll have another successful season with him. Boy, yeah, this has been a great story. Jody up uh, on Whidbey is, is taking care of him in a few winters now, and uh, you told me the other day that, uh, boy, he's snorting and, and kicking, and he, he wants to get back and get those legs moving a little faster than just walking around, right? Yep, I think so. He's ready to go. 
He'll be he the first. Great. He's, he's good. Jody takes really good care of him. And we were up there just a couple of weeks ago. A nice shiny coat on him. And um, I'm looking forward to the That's season. Jody, fun. Jody Snyder is that one. Uh, and she's part of the Slew's crew, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yep. yeah. She's uh, just a great team up there. I mean, they have just made so many right moves. And Sluice Tiz Wiz is going to be the first horse on the track at Emerald Downs. He's earned it. Yep. On Monday. February 26th, a ceremonial first horse, and uh, proud to, to see him come by the quarter shoot and hit out and stretch his legs and get ready for his six-year-old season. He's the he's the guy to beat, boy. He you got to run to beat him. And um, three outstanding years in a row, Tom Wenzel trainee, and Tom, of course, co-owner as well now. And so that is, uh, to have a horse like that, uh, healthy and getting ready, that, that makes for an optimistic January, February of a year. And Roy, you're also doing a lot of good work getting ready for this WTBOA banquet coming up two weeks from Saturday. That'll be on the 24th. It's an evening function on the fourth floor at Emerald Downs and just a lot to the banquet. Uh, I know it's keeping you busy of late. Yeah, I, um, kind of opened opened my mouth to this at the uh, meeting and said hey if you need some help doing this <laughs> stuff uh, my wife and i'll uh, i'll volunteer and i didn't realize the uh, the depth of that when i when i made that uh, suggestion but it's a good challenge and and i've done this before with um some uh, charity banquets we had in the when i worked in the fire department we had some people that needed some help and we put together a couple um, uh, auctions and stuff there. So we had some experience with it and uh, figured I might as well uh, give it a shot with this. So. Well, I know you're working hard and, and there are a couple of uh, a nice function, uh, nice added uh, events to the banquet, meaning a uh, live auction and a silent auction, I think. Uh, yeah, there's a couple different live auctions. Uh, we haven't quite figured out w- w- what's going to go where. I do know that we've got some we've got some golfing uh, adventures out there. Um, uh, you may want to relay a little more information on the one at the Tacoma Country Club, but uh, yep. we've got I've got three different golfing uh, um, adventures lined up. So, and that's just one of them. Uh, we've got a, uh, something new this year with a. Uh, guided tour of the history or the museum of flight uh, offered up by uh harry griffin he's uh guide there before and and uh, offered up uh a day at the museum of flight which is pretty neat all by itself but then to have terry go through and give you his expertise on flying and the planes that are there and stuff it's on it's a it's a pretty fun day yeah, and you know the uh, auctions benefit uh, the WTBOA, and and let's face it, they do need the money for sure. Um, you know, it's not uh, the height of thoroughbred racing in breeding in Washington history. So you know, there's less members in the association, and and they really can use the money. And uh, some of the somewhere the money came from last year was these dessert auctions boy those things were big hits roy and they were all you know just uh uh real nice looking and nice tasting so if you're a big well that was a lot of fun you you witnessed that that was a that was a it was a lot of fun and certainly the desserts brought uh, uh a lot more money than we had even anticipated and uh but it turned out to be such a, a great part of the the auction that we've of course we're going to do it again and uh, tammy's working feverishly on that now making sure that we have everything in order for that joe i think we gained a couple extra pounds last year thanks to those dessert but they were great (laughs) (laughs) definitely and and vince knows his desserts i do yeah that was great stuff (laughs) yeah so uh yeah the wtboa auction you know it uh as part of the awards banquet and a lot of people awards as usual um pictures and uh always some interesting acceptance speeches there's uh, racetrack achievement awards and of course the main event is to honor the top emerald downs and uh well the washington bred horses and they they come from all over the country uh, at the beginning in the cocktail hour which starts around uh six o'clock 
little before uh, we do play Washington bred stretch runs, Washington bred horses winning at tracks all over North America, the stretch runs. And then we, we have pictures of uh, industry members that left yeah. us the previous year as well. And Carl, you know, in addition to being a great breeder of horses, you know what else he was? He was one of the great acceptance. <laughs> uh, Are you kidding? Uh, he had the Roy, uh, Carl had some of the best acceptance speeches ever there. They were entertaining, informative, and good-spirited. He was just, <laughs> I enjoyed those. That is for sure, Roy. Uh, Carl. He, you know, when the, him and Darlene won the uh, Coba Award here a few years back, and they took that trip back to Kentucky and spoke at the, the Toba ceremonies, uh, of course, Washington was one of the last, because they did it alphabetically, was one of the last uh, breeders to get up and do the experience. And I'm not kidding you, Carl. The show. <laughs> even the, I believe the gal it. that was hosting it has uh, um, it, been on the radio or on TV for a long time. She was just absolutely thrilled with Carl and his, his acceptance speech. I don't know if there's video of it anywhere, but it was really entertaining. So he had a knack for it. We can we can imagine, uh, as Vince said, you know, a lot of times when you're interviewing somebody, you just hold the mic in front. Of Carl grabs the mic, takes a few steps to the side, and there he goes. And uh, but he had something to say too. He, it was always, interesting. Of course, yeah, he, yeah the, definitely, and the enthusiasm and the smile on his face, and just uh, he was really, really uh, great at that. And what a what a top horse breeder. And you know, we made that trip up to. Oak Harbor a couple of falls ago and just saw some of the things. I mean, he imagined these things and he, he created them with some help from from people with know-how and he had his own know-how as well. Just uh, what a legacy for Washington Racing. And I don't think it'll be too long before he's in the Washington Thoroughbred Hall of Fame as a breeder, uh, uh, that category. Uh, I think it's up this year. We'll, we'll work on that as well. But uh, Roy... Uh, and you've got a trainer, Tom Wenzel, who you know pretty well because Tom has trained Carl's horses for many years, who you followed closely. And now you've had Tom as your trainer. Uh, what, are, what are some things to say about Tom Wenzel that maybe some of the fans don't get a chance to talk to him personally? Well, as you can imagine, he's pretty he's pretty meticulous. Um, uh, and he, um, it's, I'm, as you can imagine, I'm down at the barn almost every morning checking mm -hmm. on the the horses and we've had plenty of horses with tom through the years i think his the first year he trained for me was in probably 2005 or so and we've had a few winners along the way of course nothing like we've had over the last couple of years was with slew and then uh, our lila grace but um, um i knew even when i had another trainer years back and i had met tom and talked to him and and uh, run into him a couple times down at the Kentucky sales. And, and, uh, I, I had told Tammy, uh, quite a few times. I said, if I get the chance, I Tom's, I want Tom to train for us. And hmm. we finally got that opportunity uh, almost 20 years ago. And, and we've been with him ever since. And, and, uh, um, like I said, he's meticulous. He, uh, runs a good, um, outfit, his, the guys he has working for him, uh, most of them have been there for a long, long time. And, um, they like working for him. They come back every year. Other, you know, uh, people around the other barns want to come. They're, they're in line almost to see if he's got a, put a spot for him to work for him. So I, I think it all, you know, it's all a people thing and he knows how to do that and, and, uh, keep good people around and, uh, and the horses, as you've seen, it's not just these two horses that we have. He's got a barn full of them. The fact that he's won three Gottsteins in a row with, a, you know, with three different two-year-olds, that's that's quite a that's, that's quite an accomplishment. That's amazing. Um, it is. I tip my hat to him. It's and then a lot of work. last year, you'll take a horse like Kiss Ride Goodbye, a twenty-five hundred claimer, and that horse goes three for three for him. So Tom's just he's very very solid in all categories. And yeah, you mentioned the help. I those exercise guys and those grooms. He's had them for a lot of years, and uh, that first, first of all, that tells you Tom is good to work for, but guys want to be around winning outfits in this game, you know, and, and Tom does that. Tom Wenzel coming off uh, a year in which it was tremendous. He was our leading stakes trainer in 2023 by a wide margin and uh, just a, a great career, as you mentioned, 
coming with a horse off a layoff, a claiming horse, kiss ride goodbye, and, and did he know what to do with a good horse, like stop shopping Debbie? Oh, I guess she was nine for nine at Emerald Downs, you know. So he's been uh, uh, to the top, and he's a Long Acres Mile winner trainer, uh, two times over the great face as well. So and, and, and as Roy said, young horses, three straight Gottstein wins, yeah. so the two-year-olds as well. Roy Brewer, who uh, started as a real student of breeding, and he's a horse owner and uh, got his uh, wagon attached to a, a really good trainer. And good luck this year with Slew's Tiz Wiz and everything, Roy. Uh, it should be a fun year, and, and we're all looking forward to it. And we'll start it off two weeks away at the WTBOA banquet. And I know you got more work to do there, so we'll let you go. But again, thanks for joining us. No problem. It's nice talking to you. Thanks, Roy. Roy, Bre Roy Brewer uh, working on that banquet. And again, you can get tickets by calling the WTBOA at 253-288-7878. You know, we mentioned Tom and uh, Carl Craig and Slew's crew and Roy, but we didn't mention the jockey, if anyone's wondering about Jose yeah. Zanino. Joe, what's he been up to? Jose Zanino is working at Emerald Downs this offseason, and he was our co-leading stakes jockey last year. Just, you know... Tom Wenzel has, uh, well, he got Rocco Bowen's career going back in 2013, and, and Carlos Montalvo comes to town, and, you know, he sees enough to put Carlos on a really good filly yeah. at the start of the year, speaking of Aloha Breeze, and um, and then using Jose Zanino. Jose has never had the moments uh, here that he's had in riding for Tom and Wenzel. And a great fit on a horse like yeah. Slews Tiz Wiz, and yeah, great. Jose Zanino is a handy guy, as we're finding out here at Emerald Downs. He's doing some carpentry work and uh, just always, you know, a very pleasant, uh, professional uh, guy, you know. You yeah. And, uh, of course, he'll be riding. He'll be back uh, yep. taking off a few pounds and getting ready for action. Yeah. And he'll be at the banquet as well on the 24th. Okay. Uh, yeah. A couple of passings in our industry. Tom Redman passed away. Uh, Tom... You know, we lost him in January. Uh, he was the special events coordinator director at Long Acres from 1975 to 1990. Then he was marketing director the final two years of Long Acres. And, you know, we both had cause to work with Tom Vince. Uh, you know, what I'll say about Tom Redman, he really took care of the fans. Uh, he was so approachable and always fulfilled somebody's question or need. Um, he knew how to be organized. He knew how to, uh, he knew what was important. Uh, he did a super job. He really did. I mean, you want Tom Redman working for you. Yeah. He's uh, very compassionate and uh, attentive, but he's also detailed and knowledgeable. I mean, he worked for the Sonics before he worked at Long Acres. Uh, UW educated from the, from Nebraska originally and and loved going to UW basketball games. I saw him sitting there under the basket with his dad for a lot of years. And Tom passed away, uh, born in 1947. So yeah, he, you know, my first day working at Long Acres, March 1990. I think I was pouring some coffee in that area down there, and he came up and shook my hand. And he said, "I'm Tom Redman." I goes. He goes, I know I've seen you around the racetrack over the years. And I, I, and I said, yeah, I gave my name Vince. Hmm. He goes, yeah, that's right. And, and, and uh, but I just want you to know my door is going to be open if you ever have any questions. Welcome aboard. And all that. It was just a nice thing for him to do, you know, and uh, officially introduce himself and all that. And we always got along great with Tom. And as you said, how could you not? He was a very conscientious and oh. smart man. Yeah. You definitely, if you had a company, you'd want him working for you. He just covered the bases and was great to the customers and fans. And uh, after uh, the uh, stint at Long Acres, which was a long one, he worked for Merrill Lynch for a little bit. Then he, uh, the last several years before he retired recently, he was uh, the capital and facilities communication specialist for Seattle Public Schools for uh, over 10 years. And he was in the winner's circle for the mile last summer. Uh, he, yes, he was. He was close to Ken L. Haddiff in Long Acres years. Kenny, of course, the owner of Five Star General. And Tom was down there for all of that uh, great fun winning the Long Acres mile. And so Tom leaves behind uh, his son and daughter, Charlie and Lauren. And uh, we'll miss Tom Redman for sure. Uh, 
Charles Chucky Matheson also passed away. And, you know, he was a huge part of the Emerald Downs era, though he never, you know, got on a horse this time. Uh, he had a car accident in the 90s. I'm, I'm kind of skipping around here, but he was an apprentice jockey. He's the half-brother of Larry Pierce. They grew up together. They had the same mom. And uh, Chuck Chucky was an apprentice at Long Acres in the early 70s. Um, he got a little bit big, but he became a very well-respected exercise rider. And he worked for Larry uh, a whole bunch, and he worked around the barns as well. Um, I have one quote here, Buster Wiles, and I know some of you listening will know of Buster Wiles. He was uh, a man about town at Long Acres and was the friendly face in the winter circle, among other things, chauffeur for Moriel Haddiff and so forth. And of course, he used to live with Errol Flynn in the old days. He was a stunt man in the movies. As, as Buster said, Flynn did the close-ups for him. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Buster uh, was a jock agent, too, for a while. And he had Chucky Matheson, and he'd, he'd be in there in the race office, and he'd go, get lucky with Chucky. You know, he'd say that real loud. Chucky, uh, Larry Pierce told the story of Chucky winning the one stake he won at Long Acres on Racing River in 1976, the juvenile stakes kind of coming up the rail. And Larry was in the jocks room watching and uh, he said, I was rooting, I was rooting my butt off and Chucky got up in that one. He did ride a little bit at Bay Meadows and became a really uh, uh, sought after exercise rider. And he had that car accident in the nineties that, that hurt him. Um, he did recover enough, and he he got around. He used to cane a little bit, but uh, moved down to Phoenix with Larry in 2019, and just uh, kind of deteriorated the last six months or so. And Chucky passed, uh, born in 1950. He was 73 years old. Chucky Matheson. Chucky was uh, groom of the week when he was helping out Larry's small stable of runners here, probably about 10 years ago. That's right. Yeah. And uh, he was happy to get that. And I know Larry was really appreciative uh, when that happened. And Chucky loved coming out and playing the horses. He did. Here. He he really, I mean, enjoyed that. And, and he'd sit and watch the races. And, I, you know, he's, I think he's like a 2 or $5 better or whatever. But he was pretty astute. He knew what was going on out on that racetrack. And uh, he just loved the sport. And, uh, you know, and Larry was saying how he was a good judge of horses and horse flesh, you know, seeing their physical body and their appearance. And that, that, that goes to show because he, that he'd go down to the paddock a lot. And mm -hmm. He was here a whole lot at Emerald Downs. So we'll miss Chucky Matheson passing away you know, just earlier this month. Uh, so we will transition to our final categories here on Horse Racing Northwest, uh, uh, the Super Bowl. I, I like Kansas City a little bit, reasons why. Uh, San Francisco has all those great offensive players, but, you know, their, their running defense, their passing defense has not been too stout here in the playoffs and even some regular season games. Of course, Baltimore beat them pretty soundly in San Francisco not too long ago, and they squeaked out a couple of... Uh, playoff wins, but uh, San, Kansas City is playing their best ball of the year by far, and they got that guy at quarterback named Mahomes who, you know, not only is he super talented with the sidearm throws, the long balls, the scrambles, he is such a competitor. He wants to win. All that stuff to me is totally legitimate over on the sidelines. I mean, he's a firebrand, and he is, what a great leader, and then to be one of the most coordinated and accomplished quarterbacks at his age in NFL history. Yeah, he's the best player on the field, yeah. and uh, it's hard to go against that, but just so we can have a, a little argument here, um, I'll take a slight lean towards San Francisco, and not based on much, except I think if they play like they did in the second half against Detroit, they'll be a handful for any oh. team. I mean, they that was about a perfect half of football. You know, Detroit shot themselves in the foot on a couple of uh, fourth down play and so forth. But uh, that was more San Francisco winning than Detroit losing, I thought. So, They've got the weapons. There's no question it, about it. Yeah, and it's uh, it should be an entertaining game, though. That's, that's what I'm rooting for. So yeah. uh, I'll take a slight lean towards uh, the Okay, Niners. we're going at each other on that one. Okay, sports shorts. Uh, speaking of the Super Bowl, how about the goal line stand? 
in uh, the 1982 January Super Bowl from the San Francisco 49ers. That was one of the great sequence of plays in, in football history. Um, San Francisco led 20 to nothing at halftime over Cincinnati. And just a tiny little backstory, you know, Joe Montana's first Super Bowl, uh, they had those three rookie cornerbacks, uh, Ronnie Lott, Eric Wright, and Carlton Williamson, along with Dwight Hicks, who wasn't that old. And those guys were huge on defense. They had a great defense, and um, they got a 20 to nothing lead in the first half. And Cincinnati tried getting back, and they got a first and goal on the three, and they got it down to the one on first down. And then three plays from the one-yard line, San Francisco held Cincinnati and one of them was a pass and that was the greatest play of the four I think uh, a linebacker by the name of Danny Buns tracked down Charles Alexander who was 220 pounds and fast and made a perfect tackle on the one yard line he caught the ball on the one and if Buns will say if I didn't hit him exactly the way I, I hit him he would have fell in the end zone if I tackled him low he would have gone in it was just a tremendous one-on-one play that kept the ball in the one. And then Hacksaw Reynolds made the big play on fourth down. I mean, everybody did their job. And Pete Johnson, who was 248 pounds, he, couldn't get in twice. He led the league in touchdowns a couple of times. <laughs> it was a great moment. And, you know, a guy from Glacier High School was in on four, all four of those plays. Glacier's just up the road uh, near the airport, uh, Steve Dunham, our uh, computer guy, went there. It closed around 1980, did Glacier. But Craig Pookie went there. He was recruited all, all over right. the country, went to Tennessee. He was in on all four plays on that goal line stand. San Francisco ended up winning 26-21. Uh, Cincinnati got their third and final touchdown with, uh, I think, less than 20 seconds to go. Kenny Anderson was yeah. a, yeah. Yep. Chris Collinsworth caught a. Huge bomb that led to their first touchdown over the shoulder catch. But uh, the goal line stand of the 1982 Super Bowl is uh, one of the great four-play sequences. Okay, you're looking at a little bit of 49ers history. Of course, they're in the Super Bowl Sunday. I'll do a little Kansas City Chiefs history. Overlook team here, the 1969 Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. They went 11-3 and in the regular season, only allowed 177 points, first in the NFL um, listen to their defensive starters. Jerry Mays, Curly Colt, Buck Buchanan, Aaron Brown on the line. These linebackers, Bobby Bell, Willie Lanier, and Jim Lynch were tremendous, all three. And then the backfield, uh, the corners of Jim Marsalis and Emmett Thomas and the safeties, Jim Kearney and Johnny Robinson. That was an outstanding uh, defensive unit, and they showed it in the playoffs in 69. First, they went on the road and beat the defending champs, the Jets, 13-6. to Kansas City was a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Looked it up. Then, Oakland, of those three losses Kansas City had in the regular season, they lost twice to Oakland. Mm. So, in the AFC Championship game, uh, Oakland is a minus five at home, and Kansas City holds them to seven points and wins 17-7. to So, now they go in. You remember what it was like in the Super Bowl back then. The AFL team's got no respect. Minnesota's minus 12 against uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. It was that big, huh? It was that big. That was a Tulane Stadium in New Orleans, January 11, 1970, and the Chiefs just went wire to wire on them. And they were clearly the better team and beat them 23 to 7. So they only allowed 20 points in three postseason games, you know, and after allowing only 177 points uh, in the regular season, they were an outstanding team. Lenny Dawson, of course, quarterbacked them. They were a fine offensive team. Otis Taylor was an all-pro receiver and – but mainly it was just a, a, a heck of a great defense, and they were just, uh, uh, that was a, a clear dominant win. Minnesota had no excuse after that game. Isn't that funny? You rattled off all those defenders, and those names are all so clear. You know, there was only around 20 teams. Yeah. You know, I couldn't do that AFL. for teams nowadays. Oh, yeah. heck no. But I, I, especially Willie Lanier and Bobby Bell, they were oh. so good. And Willie Lanier was not a big guy either, but he was built just 
oh, what a body he had, just a, a center of gravity. Curly they, Culp, a great nose tackle. Yeah, Buck Buchanan, I think he was like 6'8". He was eight. huge. He yeah. was tough, yeah. And he, I mean, they were just a very good team. Of course, Hank Stram, the coach, if you ever get a chance to see one of those NFL films <laughs> uh, where the Super Bowl, he was pretty entertaining on the sidelines yeah. that day too. 24 toss power trap. 60, 24, yeah. 64 toss Six, power track. Yeah, Wendell track. Hayes and yeah. all that. And, and, uh, and had, he, chatting up the referees. And yeah, uh, he, he was... was quite a character hank stram yeah yeah well, they dominated that game so you had a kc note and you picked san francisco i had a san francisco note and then i picked kc but that's the way it works yeah okay yeah. sports shorts anything else on that nope that's it i got a sports short after you okay uh selections uh the el camino real derby is this saturday at golden gate this will be the final el camino real derby blaine wright won it in 2019 with another twist of fate who went on to race in the preakness that year blaine's got a horse in there for the same silks ah arctic breeze for peter redekop eight to one on the morning line coming off a nice maiden win okay and then uh, the sam davis pretty really good handicapping test at tampa on saturday of course they're final prep before the Tampa Bay Derby. Uh, this is a grade three at a mile and a 16th and uh, just a strong field. There's a couple of horses out of the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf in there. Agate Road is in there as well as Fulminio and a horse called, uh, well, wait a minute, Crazy Mason wasn't, I'm going to go with Crazy Mason, the four. Number four in the Sam Davis, 10 to one by Cole Front, who's by Stay Thirsty and the dam. Uh, by Maria's Mon, uh, was a modest winner. She's produced a few other winners. But, you know, I, I love to see a two-year-old show huge improvement in a second start. And he didn't really even have to show that much improvement because he ran second at Monmouth. But then he went to Saratoga and won by nine and a half. Um, and he wasn't an awesome two-year-old. He only won one out of five, a couple of seconds. But he was stakes placed twice last year he's only run once this year and he won he beat fulminio who i was taking a liking in this race fulminio's number 11 at 15 to 1 again we're talking about crazy mason number four in the sam davis 10 to 1 morning line and uh, his win over fulminio in this allowance on january 14th if you want to look at the replay he was saving ground fulminio was wide into a slow pace on the dirt Crazy Mason saving ground. And then Crazy Mason kind of lost his place because a couple made moves into this slow, slow pace. He had to go wide after saving ground for, you know, five furlongs. And he had to go wide and make a big move, catch Fulminio, beat him by a half a length. Fulminio had first run. Crazy Mason was the better horse in that race and they both they all have 120 pounds uh, there's a couple well that's not true agate road has 124 under allowance conditions but crazy mason and uh another good thing for him tampa can be kind of a tricky surface he's gone there in december he ran second in the inaugural at six furlongs and then he wins that uh, allowance optional claimer that i just mentioned on january 14th so he likes the course he's getting better he was better than looked in that win. He was odds on. So Crazy Mason, 10 to 1. I hope we can get 10 to 1 on him and the Sam Davis on Saturday. Well, you've certainly done your homework on that one. Made a pretty convincing case. I really don't have a pick. I just took cursory looks at things. But I did notice one thing that our 2022 Washington champion two-year-old, the Big Wham, is in action uh, oh boy. Saturday at Santa Anita. He's running in the Palos Verdes Handicap. Against older horses at six furlongs, he drew the rail. He's twelve to one on the morning line, so a tough assignment. But good to see the big wham uh, back in action. Yes, indeed, leading Washington earners, Vince said from twenty twenty two, and he had a huge two year old year. Okay, that brings us to trivia at the end of the show or sports short. Oh well, the my sport short was the forty nine er goal line stand. Oh, mine was two on a sport out, but I had one quick one. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, uh, Bill O'Brien, since we're talking football, everyone knows Bill O'Brien, the coach. He's rumored to be the new coach for uh, Boston College University coming up. Uh, or Boston College. There is a Boston University yeah. also. Um, this is kind of quirky. You know, he spent eight total years working for Bill Belichick 
and Nick Saban and didn't win a Super Bowl or a national championship. What? <laughs> no. Yeah. So I uh, read that and I had to read it twice. And uh, that's worked, a good one. He worked for Belichick from 2011 to two, 2007 to 2011, and then also last year, 2023. And he worked for Nick Saban in 2021 and 2022. That is. Yeah. So that's uh, crazy. He's around a lot of rings without getting one. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Part of okay. So he was with the Patriots in 2011 when they were uh, 17 and or 16 and 0 yeah and then the giants beat them yeah so as he, usual in the super bowl the giants beat the patriots okay yeah that's a good one all right so uh trivia our last question was uh in the emerald downs era 1996 to 2023 which washington sire has the most top earners for the calendar year so the leading washington bread earner how many uh, times does he buy one sire well Michael Tarlow got it. He guessed he's tops. There's actually two answers. He's tops has had no giveaway in 2005. Reba is tops in 2009 and easy kitty in 2013. Those were leading Washington bread earners for those years. Harbor, the gold three as well. Of course, Noosa beach in that tremendous run. He had 2011. And then there was Mach one rules in 2017 and Zabra Cadabra this past year, Harbor the Gold has had three leading Washington bread earners in the Emerald Downs era. So two sires, each with three. There were several with two, but Harbor the Gold and he's tops stood out. They had great runs in this state. Michael Tarlow, our trivia winner from that last question. Okay, the new question is, which Washington sire has produced the most runners with multiple $100,000 earned seasons. Washington Sire, who has the most runners with multiple, two or more, $100,000 earning seasons. So send your answers to trivia at emeralddowns.com. I don't give easy questions out here. We got some guys that know all the answers out there. Like Tarlow's pretty you know, pretty solid. Tarlow's real solid. And, and, and um, so, well, Russ Nakagawa is oh, always gosh, good. CJ yeah. Koenig, solid. CJ. And who's the one guy that left a couple of years oh, ago? Oh, he went was, back to Cincinnati. Oh, man. Yeah. I can't think of his name. He was always getting the answers, too. So that's why I got him a little bit tougher. So Emerald Downs open seven days a week for full card simulcasting. The quick picks on Saturday and Sunday. Really good food there. It's open 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. on Saturdays and Sundays. Thanks to Cy Labar, our producer editor. Cy's going to get recognized himself at the WTBOA Bank right. this year. Yeah, you bet. So thanks for listening to Horse Racing Northwest.